Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process. From design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com. Well, welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. I am your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios. Now, I was just out at the Sand Show in Southern California, and Rugged had some brand new stuff they were showing off there. And if you haven't had a chance, go to the Rugged website, check them out. They've always got deals going on, whether it's in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth music, whatever your communication needs, Rugged is always there to help you out. My guest today is someone I've known for over a decade. We've done rides in Oregon and California, and he was recently named Executive Director of the American Sand Association. Please welcome to the show, Disco Ball Dave Kusky. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) I had to put the disco ball in there, Dave, and and, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but how are you? Doing good, doing good. It's early out here still. I, I'm armed with my coffee and ready to go. Yeah, we got Dave up early this morning to uh, do a little podcast. Now, we were just chatting before the show, and you're sort of uh, decompressing after the sand show. Uh, and, and we've had some sand show discussion recently on uh, the podcast here. And uh, for for those who never been to the sand show, Dave, tell me what it's like from your perspective. You know what, uh, Sand Sports Super Show, even though it's called the Sand Sports Super Show, it, it's basically one of, if not the largest, you know, off-road power sports show in the world. Um, there's people from all over the world that show up to the Sand Sports Super Show just to see everybody's wares and goods and the new products coming out. Um, like you were talking about Rugged, Rugged had an amazing, amazing booth. Um, with a lot of product, had a whole gang of people there servicing people like crazy and showing off their new wares too, along with the rest of the industry. Um, that's basically, you know, the coming out party for the season is at the Sandsport Show. It is, it is. It's also for uh, for probably you and a lot of other people a chance to uh, either learn new stuff or catch up with old friends. There's a lot of that that goes on. It's a chance for us to, especially, you know, if we're busy with our own businesses or our new new job, new career, um, we get tied up in what we're doing and don't get a chance to meet with and speak to the other, you know, guys and, and movers and shakers in the industry to be able to find out what they're doing so we can tell what we're doing too. So that is definitely a great networking place. Dave just seamlessly doing my transitions for me because you have a new job and a new gig as executive director of the American Sand Association. Tell me, Dave, when that happened and sort of how that came, came, to, came to be. Um, basically, back in 19, when uh, my company was sold, um, shortly after that, um, I've been a huge supporter of the ASA for a lot of years. They've 
been doing great work on advocacy, you know, keeping the riding areas open and basically I had just been writing them checks for years. Um, knew they worked hard. Um, right after I sold it, they reached out to me and said, Hey, are you interested in getting on the board of directors? And I jumped at the chance. It's a huge opportunity and it's a huge learning curve, bud. For those who don't know what the, uh, American Sand Association or ASA as probably anybody in the industry is familiar with. Tell me about the ASA, Dave, what they do. Um, the ASA is American Sand Association. So they're an on the ground advocacy group, uh, 501c4 lobbying group um, to fight to keep our riding areas open. Um, the ASA won back 40,000 acres at the Imperial Sand Dunes, fought against the CBD, which is Center for Biological Diversity, um, that basically was closing it down over a couple different things, a lizard, um, Pearson milk vetch weed, um, and different things that were used as kind of a pond to try to close off areas. They were successful to close a massive portion of the center dunes from Glamis to Gordon's Wells. And the ASA fought for basically 15 years and was successful in beating the CBD and getting 40,000 acres returned to the off-roaders. CBD stands for? Center for Biological Diversity. Gotcha. So gotcha. Now, kind of... For, yeah. For those outside of the West Coast, the Imperial Sand Dunes is basically the Glamis Dunes area. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, you know, worldwide known as Glamis Sand Dunes, but ISDRA is what we say a lot of times or Imperial Sand Dunes is whenever we're doing motions forward with uh, talking about land use and stuff in the Glamis area, it'll be talking about Imperial or ISDRA. Do you guys strictly focus on that area or do you also work to protect other areas? No, we're involved in multiple other areas. Um, our law firm, law firm that we partner with um, is Ecologic. Ecologic and and ASA are involved with the lawsuit up at Oceano, which is commonly known as Pismo. So we've got that fight going on there. Um, that lawsuit doesn't start for a little bit. Um, Ocotillo Wells area, which is an off-road area, um, that one we used legal briefs to help out there to keep from a lot of trails getting closed. Recently working with the group STRD, which you've met before up there in Oregon, um, they're the Save the Riders Dunes up there. They're the advocacy group up in Oregon, helping them with legal opinions and things like that to help keep riding areas open up there. Dave, without getting too uh, stuck up in the uh, legal jargon and the, and the mix, this this battle to keep these dunes open for recreation. Uh, how intense is it? It's, it's a lot more than I ever could imagine. I mean, you can, you have ideas. A lot of people have ideas of how involved it is to try to sway the needle on a, a government agency or in courts. It's a hundred times harder than I could even imagine. Um, 
There's biological, ecological impact reports. There's multiple different agencies you got to deal with on a regular basis. Um, you've got to partner with some of those agencies to try to get the needle swayed and play nice with all those agencies to try to keep it so that we're all discussing and working forward. Yeah, I can imagine because, uh, you know, it's for as long as I've been in the industry, keeping writing areas open has always been a topic of conversation. Yeah, there's new new angles that pop up all the time. One of the new ones is dust mitigation, um, that they're using dust or a particle of dust or a measurement of dust, which sand is by definition, gets down to a finer and finer piece at a certain level where they're using a measurement of like PM10, which is just a very small, small piece of dust. They're calling that a, a pollutant um, and unhealthy for people in the area. I've eaten plenty of dust in my days. I'm doing just fine. Just so you <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten plenty of your dust in my days too. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes, you have. So it's, it's actually crazy because you're looking at protecting the environment, which, you know, one of the things that I try to spread across to the other side of the aisle when I speak with anyone is off-roaders are very, very environmentally friendly. We love where we ride. We love where we go. Um, we love the places that we get to see and we want to keep those places pristine and clean. So I've been trying to reach across the aisle, so to speak, and, you know, include conservationists and other people in the conservation, I mean, into the, you know, conversation and invite some of them to get them out and show them what we're doing. I, I wrote down a few questions, Dave, and one of them maybe sounds silly, but uh, why is the ASA so important? Because of the strength and, and the success of the ASA with actually, I think we're probably one of the only groups that have been able to successfully win against the CBD Center for Biological Diversity. Um, we've actually got a open conversation with the CBD now. Um, we've got a couple issues that we're working on, even in, as we're speaking down in Glamis, where we're able to have a conversation back and forth with BLM, with land management, and with our foe that um, wants to close off our riding areas. So, with that, we've got a lot of respect across the industry and through the different agencies. So the communication with BLM, communication with Fish and Wildlife, communication with CBD, um, we do have a pretty good open communication going right now. Does it intensify at all when the riding season approaches? We're the fall right now, and so this is... Uh People are gearing up for sand season on the West Coast. Uh, does it take on a different uh, look or vibe when the season approaches? Um, a little bit. Most of it, we've, we've been working on these issues 12 months out of the year. It, it really doesn't, um, when we're talking about land use enclosures and open riding area, that's 12 months out of the year. Now, our other part that we do that the ASA does is along the working with those that are riding in the area for 
you know, teaching them how to ride with care, to clean up after themselves, to um, be safe while they're doing and getting information out there so that we have a positive um, aspect to all the off-roaders that are out there. So make sure we're putting a positive image out there so that others don't have ammunition to try to take more away from us. For sure. For sure. Now, for people who haven't been out to the Imperial Sand Dunes or Glamis before, describe it for me a little bit because it it is, uh, it, you know, if you haven't been out there and you, and you drive through, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> Yeah, everyone. I've I've led a lot of groups um, over the years where we have people from all over the world and all over the U.S. that show up at Glamis to experience it. You know, you hear people talk about, oh, it's just sand. It's just sand. No, it's not just sand. It could you. It's imagine a never-ending roller coaster of sand dunes that you can ride on for hours and not cross over the same tracks. Um, you know, whenever you see videos of like the Middle East where it's just endless sand dunes all over the place, that's glamorous. Um, you, you really have to come see it to understand and to feel what is possible in glamorous and why so many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people love glamorous. When is, now it's just a few hours east of San Diego, maybe a couple more out of LA. Uh, when is the riding season out there? Um, riding season, kind of the kick out week, kickoff weekend is Halloween. So October, it starts in latter part of October when the weather comes down, there's people heading out there right now. As soon as temperature gets around the 90 and belower below um people start heading out to the dunes it's so below is a word or, dave don't worry about it below is definitely what's that <laughs> below is definitely a word yeah i know <laughs> i need more of my coffee but you know <laughs> right? it's early here yeah. and we'll cut you, know, you some slack time frame difference yeah yeah cut you some slack on that um, yeah, I, I got my own dictionary I'm working on. Okay? <laughs> you mentioned Halloween weekend. That is uh, Camp Razor being going on this year for the first time in three years. Will the ASA be out there? Yes, we have a booth inside Camp Razor where we're going to be, you know, showing off, displaying, um, looking for membership. And just talking to people and trying to get that awareness out there. Yeah, that was an uh, important part of the discussion is is how, I mean, obviously education, you mentioned about how to ride the dunes and how to sort of clean up after yourself because a lot of people camp out there in the dunes as well. But uh, how do people get involved in the ASA if they want to? Um, we have a family membership um, that you can join. And then you start getting newsletters. We send out information. We do multiple events during the season uh, that we participate in at a Glamis. One of the big ones is we do a huge cleanup out there at Glamis. Um, have people show up, hand out trash bags. They do uh, drive around, do cleanups. We give them, you know, feed them and, and give them awards and do raffle prizes. Um, what's, what's on the menu for the food? I don't know yet. Uh, I'm, I'm still in the planning stages for that. <laughs> when does that take place typically? Uh, MLK weekend. Nice. Martin Luther King weekend. So towards the uh, latter half of the uh, sand season. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Excellent. Yeah. So that our sand season will run. It basically finishes up 
Easter used to be a big weekend. Um, it has to do with a lot with the weather. For sure. For sure. So for somebody who hasn't been out there before, Dave, um, Halloween weekend and Thanksgiving weekend tend to be the big weekends. What's it like out there? What's the atmosphere and the vibe? Oh, <laughs> he pauses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it is the nitro circus on steroids out there. Um, it, wow, it, it's very just get online, look at videos. You know, if you get over to the hill, Oldsmobile, you get over to Camp Razor, um, Polaris puts on an amazing event over there um, where you'll have all the companies along with Vendor Row, all the vehicles that you see, all the vendors that are there, um, trail rides, um, not really trails, but trail rides and um, Oldsmobile Hill, getting over to the flat drag area, all the people that you're seeing running there, just along with hundreds of thousands of acres of sand dunes to ride in but the volume of people and and that you see out there riding the vehicles the uh outfits the everything they do concerts out there during camp razor it's just it's just amazing out there it's just one big party something like you see down in rio or new orleans going on all the time you know, in and around Camp Razor. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's tens of thousands of people out there for those uh, big weekends. How do you how do you navigate that, Dave? Maybe it's not a big weekend that, that you're out there, but how do you you know maybe you don't have a lot of sand experience and you want to go out to Glamis and you want to ride? What's some advice, some suggestions, tips that you would offer some newer riders to that location? Hook up with somebody that knows the area. Hundred <laughs> percent. I can't overemphasize that. You know, hook up with someone that knows the area. You can even there's a lot of the different groups. You know, Glamis and uh, different Facebook and social media groups that you just send a message, say, "Hey, I'm a newbie coming out to Glamis. Um, like to hook up with a group and and get a ride in." Um, there's Desert Whips, Sand Asylum, Glamis Dunes, uh, so many different social media groups. You throw a message in, the community is amazing. They'll take me- newbies out, show them the riding areas safely um, so that they can navigate and have a great time. Yeah, that's, you know, it's one thing to go out and do a, a trail ride where you haven't been before, but but riding in dunes that can be, uh, you know, 50 or 100 feet tall and knowing where to go and more importantly, maybe where not to go uh, is, is a huge deal. It's mostly the transitions from one dune to the, to the next of how the dunes flow. You don't need to be driving off or over the top of a drop off. The dunes do get a flow to them, and an experienced duner can run them through the dunes real safely with almost any vehicle you can even imagine can go running through the dunes with an experienced leader. Yeah, I've uh, it's uh, definitely follow the leader out there, and I'm not one of the leaders, (laughs) no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Dave, why did you uh, decide to take this position at the ASA? What sort of, I mean, you said you were writing checks for years, but uh, um, was it more than that for you? It really was. Um, Kind of after uh, the company sold, 
scaling back and not being so busy, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to get more in touch with the community that I love. Um, I'm a avid, avid off-roader, still ride, ride quite a bit. My whole family rides and getting the awareness out there to the rest of the community, you know, the pack it in, pack it out, ride safely, um, take care of your environment. All that stuff is stuff I've been preaching the whole time while I've been in the industry. Yeah. You mentioned Camp Razor and, and if that's a great opportunity for someone to go out there and there's obviously tons of people out there, but lots of people in the industry and you guys will be inside the walls and some of our friends uh, from Rugged will be inside of the walls. Uh, the folks at Rockford Fosgate, if you want to check out some of the stuff that they have to offer, they will be inside the walls and also hanging around there somewhere. I'm sure either inside the walls or outside the walls will be our friends at Assault Industries. So you can check out the latest stuff for uh, audio for your vehicle or accessories through assault. And I'll tell you what, Dave, if you want to go out and see what new vehicles and what people are doing to vehicles, there's no better place than uh, a weekend at Glamis because they are decked out, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, <laughs> if you've never been, you'll just get blown away. Any new company, new product, You'll see it out there at Glamis, especially on October. I'm Sand Sports Super Show is that big coming out party of all the new products. When you get out to Camp Razor, you actually see those products on display and in operation. Now, we talked about the Sand Show to begin the, this podcast. At the Sand Show, you guys do something really, really cool at the, I think it's the last day sometime in the afternoon. What happens? Yes, um, every year and for the whole lifeblood of Sand Sports Super Show, we've given away either a doom buggy, which given away a Funko before, along with a few of the other manufacturers, and Polaris donates us a razor that we do a build up with the rest of the industry and sell raffle tickets all year and give it away on Sunday of the Sand Sports Super Show. Now, do you have to be present? to win this machine no okay. no don't have to be there i've sold tickets all over the u.s and through different locations where i i've been getting out to different events and sell raffle tickets all season all the way up to the sand sports super show along with this year genesis jumped on board genesis supreme toy haulers and donated us a trailer that we gave away at the show also a big toy hauler kind of their concept vehicle. And we gave that away at the Sandsport Super Show on Sunday, this past Sunday. Nice, nice. So next year, obviously, you guys be doing it again because you do it every year. If you can't attend the Sand Show, but you want to purchase a raffle ticket, uh, how much do they cost and where can I buy one? We're getting it all set up right now. You just get on to um, americansandassociation.com. And excuse me, americansandassociation.org. And you can get on our website and send us your information. We can reach out to you and sell your raffle tickets. Dave's going to get dinged for his job. You're going to get written up over there, buddy, for not getting oh, the right website. Yes. <laughs> hey, That's cool. You just Google American Sand Association, it'll pop up on the screen. Right so. away. Right away. Forgot. And the tickets are, are they 100 bucks? Is that right? Yes, they're 100 bucks a piece. We only sell, we only print 1,000 tickets. So as soon as that 1,000 tickets are done, 
that's it. We don't print anymore. We do save a few for the sand sports show at the end because of agreements. Um, but once the tickets are sold, this isn't something where we're selling 20,000 tickets or 40,000 tickets, but at the sand sports super show on Sunday, every year we give away a vehicle. That's awesome. Because I mean, you think about this a hundred dollars, which obviously goes to a good cause gets you a one in 1000 chance of going home with a brand new machine. Yes. Correct. There, man, that's not bad odds, Dave. It's better than the, uh, mega millions of the Powerball, dude. Oh, it definitely is. And you know, it's cheaper than going out for pizza and beer or going to a game and buying four beers. Yeah. No doubt on that. No doubt on that. Now we've done some fun rides over the years, Dave. And I was trying to think about how many we've done. I remember doing a ride in Oregon at the dunes, probably at dune fests, maybe. Yeah, um, we did dune fest and that's, that's kind of where you, uh, Got me doing a couple dance steps there on the screen. Yes. Stuck all these years. Well, it's partially your fault and partially our fault. So, so Dave shows up and he's got this cue ball of a helmet that's silver and sparkles all over it. So it looks like a disco ball basically. And, uh, it just so happens that your name is Dave and the boy, the name just stuck disco ball, Dave. And, you wore that helmet, not just there. You wore that helmet a lot on a lot of rides, not just with us. Yeah, I was kind of the Stig test dummy driving people's cars for, you know, their photo shoots, for testing vehicles for a lot of years. So it kind of stuck out there that Disco Dave <laughs> um, stuck and was getting comments across the industry and they see that helmet in cars that I was driving and people be started making comments on different companies, pages saying, Hey, that's Dave. there driving your cars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to get well-known in the industry, wear ridiculous helmets and, uh, Hey, get you. <laughs> old school bell open face. <laughs> it was good stuff. Now we did it right there. I know we did a ride. Um, Gosh, up to that weird formation, the Pinnacles. Is that right? Yeah, Trona Pinnacles, Trona Pinnacles. in Ransburg area. That's a cool ride because uh, explain that one day because we camped out in the middle of sort of outside Ramsburg, uh, which is in Southern California, but it's not the most well-known or popular ride, but those Trona Pinnacles, that's, that's a really cool, unique formation. Yeah, the Trona Pinnacles have been on planet of the apes star wars there's ford commercial dodge commercials that have been filmed out there um it's an amazing amazing area it's near where the x-15 crash site is um there's a desert monument that southern california riders know about called uh, husky monument um, a lot of the early off-road races were run through that area um, just a beautiful, beautiful area, amazing trails that go all over the place and a cool little town to finish up in. Yeah. A little town of Ramsburg feels like a, a, a wild, wild West sort of feel, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. It's just an amazing, that's another one where advocacy stuff's coming in, try to get the education of the new riders to protect, keep them from hauling butt through town with their 
stereos cranked up and stirring dust up. So that's another area that got on the radar to try to help protect too. Nice. I think the last ride we did to, together was maybe out in, in Barstow, California. Uh, it was on Razor Highway or Razor Road somewhere outside Barstow. Is that sound? Razor right? Road. Yeah. Yeah. We did that out there with Rugged. Yes. Um, that was a, that was a pretty cool filming. That's another area. Okay. I've been riding since I was a teenager, been riding that area. Yeah. If you just sort of go a little east of uh, LA and San Diego, there are so many places to ride on your way to Nevada and Arizona type places that uh, you can get lost out there in the desert for, for quite a while. Yeah. There's, there's just some amazing trails. People think of California as all shut down and restricted to be honest, we probably have some of the most off-road trails, the the largest riding areas around. I mean, the Mojave Desert is just vast and amazing, and, and the places that you can go to there are incredible. No doubt. What's, uh, what's a, a favorite or a couple of favorite places, Dave, that are top of your list that uh, you, you always enjoy going to? Oh... Taylor Park, Colorado. That that is that's one place. It's it's just gorgeous, beautiful. Go go for rides where you're driving across the mountains. You're at twelve thousand feet plus, driving up rivers, um, running trails over to like Aspen and things like that. That's amazing. Um, Moab. You know, a lot of stuff going on there, advocacy that needs to happen to get that stuff back reopened. Um, Sand Hollow, Utah. Wow, I can go on and on. There's <laughs> just so many places that I love, even getting back east and um, Hill City and in Minneapolis. I mean, um, Minnesota. I went back there for a mud event and just had an amazing time back there. So, riding areas all over and, and so many vast differences from one area to the next. And it's just really neat to see the, you know, whole country and all the different riding areas. It, it is. And I like to tease people in California. They tend to go to the same places over and over again. I'm like, guys, there's so many more places to ride. Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, just, they don't realize. And that's what is amazing with each different state. There's so many trails. Utah is another one that I'm trying to, start experiencing more of the trails that are there also. Awesome. Awesome. What's next for the ASA? Well, right now we're involved in three legal motions as we speak. Um, one of the big ones first that's on the plate is Oceano Pismo. Uh, that lawsuit with ourselves, which our firm is uh, Ecologic, along with Friends of Oceano Dunes, that's been motions going back and forth for a few years now. This fall, it finally gets into the courtroom. Um, so we'll see where that goes. You know, a lot of this stuff, you, it's a start and stop, start and stop type of scenario. Um, we have a stance that we're standing that the California Coastal Commission, which is trying to shut it down, doesn't have jurisdiction over the park since the park was established well in advance of the establishment of California Coastal Commission. There's a lot more 
motions, actions, and things that have been put forth um, by the California Coastal Commission. Friends of Oceano Dunes is fighting with their law group and doing a great job too. We're going to find out where that goes. It doesn't start to the fall. And probably in the next year, we'll get into briefs being filed and things like that in the courtroom. You got a little bit of work ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of them. And we've got a couple motions going on down at Glamis. One's for access or get a crossing back. So even though we Glamis has a incredible sand dunes, east of the railroad tracks, you can literally ride some amazing trails all the way to the Colorado River that is still part of that permit that you purchased to ride in that area. Right now, there is no access trail to go from the Glamis side over to the um, off-road side on the other side of the railroad tracks. There was a crossing at Wash 10. Uh, railroad closed that off. There was a couple other crossings that they took out. And we're fighting to try to get some type of crossing that the OHVs can cross either over or under uh, the railroad tracks to be able to access the rest of that land that people can ride on. Well, Dave, I'm, I'm pretty confident with your passion and your knowledge and your background that uh, uh, you can help get some of these things accomplished. I, I hope so. It's, it's, it's a long fight and a lot of communications and discussions. Um, it's a huge learning curve for me. It's like learning a whole new career. <laughs> oh, good. Well, Dave mentioned a bunch of great places to ride. And if you're looking to try out some new places to ride, check out our friends at Polaris Adventures. Head to their website to plan your next off-road trip. They have locations from Maui to Maine all over the country. And uh, also, if you're looking to upgrade or add some new features to your vehicle, uh, check out our friends at Quad Boss. They've been around for over two decades. Uh, it will be winter time here in Minnesota. Minnesota at some point, hopefully not today, uh, but they do. Def they have parts and things that come in handy for snow plows. Uh, they make dependable parts, whether you're a rider, rancher, farmer, or hunter. And then, of course, if you need a battery to make sure that you can power all your new accessories and your fun stuff, check out Full Throttle Batteries. They design batteries that can handle the increased power that you need when you accessorize your vehicle. Dave, I appreciate you joining us today. And if you want to find more information about all the stuff that Dave's talking about, go to the American Sand Association.org. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jared. It's always great to talk to you, bud. It's great to talk to you too, Dave. And uh, I will not be out at uh, Glamis, but uh, uh, I know we will be out there filming, so hopefully we can come by and see you guys and uh, chat with you then. I hope to see somebody. That would be great to see them and uh, look forward to running into you again, but I know we'll cross paths. I know we will too. Be sure to listen and download our Destination Players podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast, and we will chat with you again soon. Take care. Upgrade your ATV-UTV today at superatv.com. 
Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process. From design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com.